Do 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 do. Welcome to Caught Monologuing. I'm Errol Koenig, and this week uh, Ryan is not here because he is a loser. But I replaced him with two much better people uh, to fill in in the shoes, uh, and we have Esther Rodriguez and Ariella Shua. What up? We are talking this week about probably the most important topic that we have talked about on this podcast. We are coming back yet again for another Bachelor recap. Uh, the season just ended last week, and I think all of us uh, were very excited uh, to watch the ending Colton season uh, and also the beginning of the next Bachelorette season, uh, which started at the very end of this one. So... Let's, I guess, bring it back to the beginning, the beginning of the show. We gave a little recap after the first week uh, of this season. So uh, let's just talk about who were some of your guys' favorites uh, from the season. Honestly, I really like Demi. I know she's a very polarizing person, but I just appreciated how not only was she super out there, but also she was 100% willing to own up to her shit, which is something I don't see a lot of Bachelor or Bachelorette candidates being willing to do. Like if she said something, she admitted to it, and I really appreciated mm-hmm. that. Yeah, so she was she was great. I was listening to a podcast she was on uh, with uh, Nick Vial, uh, former Bachelor. Uh, and he was calling her out on like all of her shit, and she was very self-aware about like she knew what she was doing was wrong. She's able to look back and realize maybe she crossed a couple of lines, uh, but like she owned it. And I don't know, she was great. She was just great television. She was really. Good. I think she got a little too caught up occasionally in being a character, and then realized after the fact, oh yeah, I should have taken a little bit more of a step back and been a little bit more true to the quieter sides of Demi. But, like, I appreciated it. I feel like without her, this season would have absolutely dragged on. Yeah. Now, she saved, I guess, the first half of the show, I would say. You know, when the season was, I guess, a little bit too focused on all Colton's virginity stuff. Which was Uh, every episode? Pretty much, yeah. But it was, like, just Colton's virginity and then girls, like, trying to get comfortable and then Demi being fun. Uh... (laughs) you know, making things worthwhile and enjoyable, uh, at least for me. Uh, she's just the best and great. And I want to see as much Demi as possible. By far my favorite contestant from this season of the show. Um, also, I thought when she was sent home, it was really the only time I felt sad when a contestant was was sent home. I don't know what you, what you guys you know thought about that, but like, I was genuinely sad, not just because, uh, you know, she wouldn't be in my television watching life for the next couple of weeks, but uh, because, like, it was genuinely genuinely a little bit heartbreaking where she's, like, going and proclaiming, you know, her love to Colton. And even if it was a little bit rushed or whatever it was, it was, I didn't want to see her go. Her friends in the house didn't want to see her go. It's that one. That one definitely pulled, pulled at all the heartstrings. So I only watched the very beginning and then the very end of this season. I'm not, I don't remember when she was sent home. Sure. Um, Cause then I was just reading the recaps and there's so many names mm-hmm. that you kind of lose track. But I do remember that the episodes I watched in the very beginning while she was there, I was not mm-hmm. a fan. So I'm glad to hear that she's like at least owned up to her actions since then. Why weren't you a fan? Just curious. Um, it's hard to remember all the drama that happened because there's mm-hmm. a lot of it. 
but I just remember, or at least I seem to remember that a lot of the drama started because of her, unless I'm thinking of the wrong person. I mean, yeah, a lot of the drama did start and because of her. Uh, I'm a person who I love watching the drama on reality TV, but then I never root for the villains, mm -hmm. even though I appreciate what they do. So I I'm glad she was there, but that doesn't mean that I wanted her to like win the arguments that she started. I feel like it was a mixture of there were times where she started something that she really shouldn't have, i.e. the cancer of the house comment. Mm -hmm. I feel like definitely crossed the major line, but I feel like a lot of it was a mixture of editing because we see Demi get attacked first a lot. And I feel like because she's a very outgoing person, young and can be a little immature at times in terms of how she responds to things, she got used to having to be on the attack first. And because she made such great TV and we didn't have a strong villain this season, which I feel like is something Errol's definitely going to circle back to, okay. I feel like her editing meant that we didn't really get to see as many of the really deep conversations that we know that she's had based on how she left. I feel like they just showed us all the times that she was quirky, all compiled into one long thing, and we didn't get a chance to get to know all sides of Demi. Okay. Yeah, and I think definitely as the show went further along, and I guess as her relationship with Colton progressed, you could see her, like, rather than just being, like, I'm gonna stir some shit up, she was like, let me, like, actually talk to Colton. Like, I'm starting to really like this guy. Let me tell him about, like, my, my mom, who is in jail and just got out of jail. Uh, which is a really tough thing to share. I wouldn't know, but I would assume that would be the case. Uh, but I don't know. I, I feel like that on top of that, like when she was starting, she didn't necessarily start that much of the shit that she did earlier in the season. Uh, and I say that mainly because Tracy, like in her, I guess, battle with the Cougars, like Tracy was the one that called out Demi for being young and, uh, like be being young and not ready and just trying to do whatever she was trying to do. And like Tracy called her out, told Colton, and then Demi just kind of snapped back. Mm -hmm. Courtney was a little bit more Demi's fault, but also Courtney just turned, it was just kind of mean and I don't know what the right word for it, but like looked down. I, I do know what the right word is. I just can't forget what it is. Uh, condescending. That's the one. Uh, it was very condescending towards Demi. It's like, oh, you're like a little child. You're so immature. While Demi was actually a couple, couple months older, which is, which is crazy. Um, yeah. Which that also came back for after the final rose, where, <laughs> where the more mature quote unquote Courtney decided to throw. Not throw, shove a pacifier inside Demi's mouth, which is such a cross of boundaries. I wouldn't yeah. even know where to start. Like, there's like, like I get what she was going for. She was trying to be funny, trying to like, I guess, get a crowd reaction with the pacifier. It would have been funny if like she like, even if she just threw the pacifier across the room at Demi, that would have been funnier. If she instead of walking up and like almost assaulting her like i thought i mean i'm pretty sure she got it in demi's mouth yeah like it was bad I mean, even if she hadn't that's still like what she was intending to do yeah which is for sure it, it's, it was just i don't know so like i i was so while i do understand why demi 
comes across as you know crazy i, I mean also I, I i don't know if i necessarily root for the villain but i also think that they make the best tv and sometimes yeah, they I definitely feel, I, and then yeah. the season will go down once most of them are removed from the show which i think is the same issue that we had in the bachelorette last season after jordan left and after chris left the quality yeah. went down for sure it was just a bunch of nice guys and yeah. you didn't really care I mean, I will, in defense of uh, Jordan, say he was not a villain. He was just being called out because he was living his best life uh, as a fervent Jordan defender. Uh, oh, I am not a Jordan defender. Oh, I you, you clearly did not listen to our podcast last year. He, when he was on the show, is one of my all-time favorite cast members for both that and Paradise ever. I love him so much. Or I loved him. He's since, Why? you know. Why? I, I think I ended up on the fence with him, yeah, honestly. I, I mean, I, I think, like, he's done a couple things, you know, since Paradise, like, defending Leo and other kind of questionable things. But I, the reason why I love Jordan is I don't think he was ever, like, purposely trying to be a villain or mean. He was just himself so un- unapologetically and the fact that he himself is such a weird quirky unique character i just really liked how ridiculous and unapologetically himself and i don't want to say stupid because it's not he wasn't necessarily stupid but kind of i don't know made made for just such excellent television that it's quirky yeah I don't feel like quirky is the first word I'd use to describe him, though. Like, he was, like, full of himself, yes. I would say. Yeah, yeah. very quirky true. Quirky like, fifth or sixth on the list of descriptors I'd use. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I, think... I feel like... Hey, go ahead. I feel like Jordan made better TV in The Bachelorette than he did in Paradise. Because in The Bachelorette, although he did really like Becca, he was honestly just there to kind of do his own thing. And if she liked it, that was great. If she didn't, he had bigger fish to fry. And I feel like in Paradise is where we got to see the parts of Jordan that cross the line a bit more. Because, I, I mean, this is a very personal opinion, but I feel like you can tell who the characters really are and I call them characters even more than contestants because at times they kind of fit themselves into stereotypes Mm -hmm. to make good tv but I feel like you can tell who the people behind these guys are shows across with who they hang out with like as much as Demi can sometimes be a lot on tv you see that she's really close friends with like Hannah B she's good friends of Hannah G like a lot of people in the house really loved her and like still connect with her even though sometimes you know her social media might be a bit much and yet we see Jordan on the other hand connecting with Leo and groups like that who are universally regarded as not so great guys and instead of Jordan saying like hey I understand where women are coming from maybe this wasn't the best decision he then made a post that kind of was just like screw this trolls I'm hanging out with a sexual abuser and it's someone who kind of fits that model so I feel like you can see who the people are behind the editing that we've been given when we see what kind of choices and relationships they've built after the show yeah, I, I mean, I agree with, with you on that front. Um, I, I don't know, I, 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 at least I, while the show was going on, Jordan hadn't shown his true colors as much. So while it was going on, I, like, I, I get what you're saying now, and you're 100% right. And 
I've I've started backing up a little bit and like getting away from my Jordan high horse because I am I, I can tell that like he isn't as you know I don't, I don't know if per- perfect's not the right word but as like he's like a as like a perfect reality character he's he's not that he's not like unapologetically himself and that is not. I don't, I'm trying to figure out the right way to say he is this. Impoli- he is unapologetically himself, but all that parts of himself aren't necessarily good parts. But yeah, some parts you should apologize to, for. Yeah, but instead of yeah. being able to, like Demi looking at when she said cancel the house and going like, yeah, that was a bad thing that I said. Like, I fully admit that came out of my mouth and I need to do a little better. Jordan instead lashes out and goes, how dare you question me? So I feel like yeah. the difference between the two is very much like you can be unapologetically yourself, but you have to also be ready to apologize for the things that you do that hurt others and try to make mm-hmm. that unapologetic self a little bit of a better person as time goes on. Because I feel like if you're not always trying to find some way in which you can make the world and the people around you a little happier and a little better, then you're mm-hmm. stagnating. And I feel like Jordan's has stagnated and Demi, on the other hand, is trying to take those steps forward and say like, hey, I did some crappy things. I'm going to try to be a little better. Yeah. And she has said that exactly like that. But I don't know. I think the point you brought up before about seeing who they're friends with on social media after, that's one of my favorite things that you see after The Bachelor and after The Bachelorette Mm -hmm. is who they are still hanging out with because – like you said, like we get to see who they actually are without a camera in their face. This is what they choose to say about themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think it says a lot about her if she is hanging out with these people and she is going back and saying that what she did before might not have been right. And that's like, I don't want to say character development because they're real people, but it kind of is character development in a way that yeah. Jordan will never reach that, I assume. Yeah, it's I, I can sense that. Or, or I might even say that Jordan has gone under character like regression a little bit like since the spotlight was taken away from him he's you know tried to i guess step up and get back into the spotlight by maybe saying some more controversial things by like hanging out maybe not hanging out with leo but like i don't know like i like he has his own podcast that by the way terribly edited and this is coming from a podcast that is not very well edited i in comparison Jordan, just spend like twenty bucks to get like a college kid to produce it, produce an episode. It's just so bad. He's Whatever. not trying. <laughs> no, he doesn't like, really care if it's well done. He just wants to have himself shouting out, and whoever will listen, he'll take it. Yeah, yeah, that is very true. Um, but all right, let's let's jump back, I guess, into the season because we went on a nice fun tangent about everything i guess demi's this season but everything else who are uh, ariel some of, who are some of your favorite contestants from this season um oh, i'm like looking at a list right now i really didn't i watched the very beginning when there's so many it's hard to keep track sure and then the very end where there's so few people that like that's pretty much it mm-hmm. i will say i had a strange affinity for heather never been kissed heather just mm-hmm. because i like how different she was from anyone else who's ever been on the show um and mm-hmm. her story behind it it was yeah. what i was sad to believe um was a little bit of drama in the background there too but i liked her anyway yeah um, I, I, she was she, she was definitely a very uh sympathetic character um 
and I think, I mean, we're using character a lot. These are people, but we're, we're going to go with character. We know what we're doing. We know what we're saying. We're just... I, I think certain people are more like contestants than they are characters. And we can almost yeah. pick out like mm -hmm. who is not portraying who we see off of like social media. Like when you catch them in videos or behind the scenes things, the people that seem like a hundred percent different when the camera isn't pointed at them and the people that are still unapologetically themselves. Like we've seen mm -hmm. Demi be quieter and more self-reflecting in other situations. And I feel like she let herself be amped up more because she knew it would make good TV. Whereas I think yeah. people like Kerpa or Sydney were unapologetically themselves mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. whole time. And it didn't get them as much camera time, but I feel like we got to know them best when we did get to see them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think some of those people will also be back in paradise just because... I hope so. Like it, They were themselves, but because they never really formed as close of a connection with colton and they weren't you know taking other people's shit they weren't really involved with all the drama they just kind of didn't get the same amount of screen time but like when you're in paradise everyone is at all times pretty much in some sort of relationship so we'll get some sort of i guess view into their lives their personalities and who they are i always like the ones who don't have all the camera time more as a seasoned mm -hmm. America's Next Top Model viewer, sure, I can say that my favorite characters, contestants, whatever you call them, are the ones who, they do their own thing, they're there because they want to win, and they don't care as much about being on the face of all of the social media the next day, they don't need all the screen grabs, like, they don't care about that. Those mm -hmm. were the ones I'd always gravitate towards, and now they're the ones whose names I'm forgetting. Yeah. I mean, and that's kind of what what happens i guess in in these shows because on top of that the people with the bigger personalities usually are the ones that the bachelor gravitates towards just because they're like there and in their face like oh i remember who you are because you are loud uh so they pick them uh so i don't yeah i i i get your point but uh like kerpa kerpa is a good example of someone that was quieter at least on the show, didn't have that much drama until the very end. Um, but, yeah. In her great. ITM, she was amazing, though. Like, when she dealt with, like, explaining why she had her wrists in a cast and she had that giant chin bandage, and she was just, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, like, Thailand fucked me up, guys. Like, I found her sense of humor to be amazing, and I'd be incredibly happy if she was on Paradise because I feel like she was one of the few people there who was really looking for a connection just to find love and not looking to be there to find love but also find fame. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's always a couple of contestants that are like that where you can tell that they're as mostly there for the connection, not so much for all the things that come with it, like Joe. Joe ended up having this huge following because he was a very sweet, genuine guy. On Paradise, he just showed that he was a very, you know, sweet, genuine guy and tried to stay out of most of the drama while still staying, like, standing up for Kendall. And he and Kendall have this amazing, serious relationship that they're building together because they both mm. approached it from the position of, I want to find love. I don't care if I get famous out of this. I just am looking to find that connection. And I yeah. feel like Katie is one of those people like that true, where you can tell she was there to be poised and to find love. And she did not want any of the BS while she was there. I guess then a question that comes from that is for the ones who clearly are there just because they want to find love, why The Bachelor? Because they know what's coming with that. 
they know that it is a competition. Half the contestants are there because they want fame first. So why do you think they would choose to be on this show? Well, we saw this season. I don't know if you got to this part, uh, Ariella, but like for Elise, she's a really good example of, I think, someone that came on the show trying to find love, not really knowing what she was getting herself into and realized like, oh, this is just, this is more a reality show than, I guess, a dating app or whatever, or a dating site or type thing that would, I don't know. So like when she was like, confronted with i'm not getting enough time with this guy even though at the point where she left she was already she she was already i guess in the lead of like i guess contestants or 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 i guess of bachelorettes with the most time with colton because she already had one of the earlier one-on-ones and you know colton tent i think really liked her but she was just not not feeling it and realized that the show wasn't for her, I guess. But I think there's an attractiveness, especially for women who are not in college anymore and mm-hmm. who've left that kind of like situation where they're around people of the same gender and opposite gender who mm-hmm. might be perfectly in their preferences all the time to suddenly graduate and go, Hey, it's really difficult for me to make friends. Like, you know, I might be able to date my coworkers, but that brings with it a whole like new set of issues. Like as a recent grad who's now entered the workforce, I haven't made a single friend outside of like the people I directly work with on a day-to-day basis. And like, it doesn't affect me relationship wise because I am in a happy, like strong relationship. But if I was someone who is in the dating like pool, I feel like that would be very difficult because I'd be relying on you Tinder and Tinder is not the best place to find like serious guys who want to get married and have kids. So I feel like there's an attractiveness for shows like this where you get to like meet someone and go like, hey, I know that you want kids. I know that you're probably of the same general religious type that I am or religious in general. Like we have all these things that we know about these men before they've even, you know, the show has even started filming. So it's mm-hmm. kind of an attractive to say like, hey, I'm from a town of 30 people and I know my one true love is not any of these 30 guys. Let me go on a show where this guy seems perfectly picked up for me. And if we click, we click. If we don't, maybe I might get on Paradise where I'll meet Mm -hmm. 10 more guys who I've never met before or even head to LA and get sponsored to do something where I might meet people that I've never met before. Yeah. and That's the most important thing I've ever heard for being on one of these shows. You should be promoting for ABC. <laughs> I mean, it's it's easy to say because I have a couple of friends who, you know, they've also graduated and have entered the workforce and they aren't in a relationship right now. And they're feeling super bad about themselves, regardless of how beautiful and strong and amazing they are. Because they're like, all the guys I meet are at bars and they're all, you know, 35 to my 22 and they're gross. Or I meet this guy at the grocery store all the time and he smells like feet. And they see that as their only religious process. But at the same time, they're like, hey, I want to have a baby. Like, I want to have a baby by the time I'm 27. I'm going to med school. I want to have a baby. Or, you know, I'm going to business school and I might be going to abroad to work in international studies. What if I still want to have a baby? What do I do? Well, if they're going to med school, they could just take one from the hospital. That could be a good backup plan. Yeah. That honestly, just like find a couple like, hey, you don't want your kid? I, I'm a nurse. We'll figure it out. But then they yeah. still want a man to go along with the baby. Mm-hmm. Often, true, not always, often. 
But I feel like especially for the types of girls who tend to go on the show, which tend to come from more religious communities, especially mm-hmm. Christian communities, right. there's a pressure that if they want to have the kid and the everything else that goes with it, they need to have a strong, good man that they can bring to their church and to their family to prove that they won. And there's a lot of pressure for girls, especially in like the mid-20s, that not only do you have to have a strong, stable career, you have to have a really attractive spouse who's making just as much or more money than you and have your 2.5 kids and be a wonderful mother and be a good housewife and be like a super serious career-oriented woman. Yeah. And it's a lot. And I can see why certain people would be willing to throw themselves into a reality show even knowing that they might not come out looking good at the end of it in the hopes that if they win, if they find that connection, not only do they have the love of their life with them, but they have, you know, more than one income stream. Like they're known in America. They've proven that they're better than everyone that they grew up with because they not only got fame, but they found love in a way that no one else did. Mm-hmm. That's true. I mean, I think there's also, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. There's also a third type of person that goes on the show. There's the people that are trying to get famous. There's the people that uh, are like super hard trying to find love. And then there's the people in the middle that's like, I want to travel the world and i'm open Mm -hmm. to finding love i don't know if it will happen but fingers crossed Uh, and i think those people are usually the ones that have their heads on their shoulder the most because like if you're like i'm going on the show to find love you're a little bit delusional uh it's frankly yeah if that's your only goal but there's a lot of people that do go on the show with like the goals of i'm gonna go i'm gonna hopefully get farther enough far enough to travel the world i'll make a whole bunch of friends and uh, if i'm lucky this is my person and they get married and you know happiness and whatever so i feel like the show has become a mixture of people that are there for the experiences and people that are there because they're desperate whether they're desperate for fame or desperate for love. But the people that we remember the most are the ones who are desperate and the people that are going in with a strong head on their shoulders tend to kind of coast by in the background. It's very interesting to see which people kind of self-eliminate and when. Because some self-eliminate like Elise because they went on because they were desperate for love and then realized that this wasn't going to be the right path for them. It was too Mm -hmm. much of a reality TV show. And you have some people who I think self-eliminate like Sydney where she got to do some traveling. She had an amazing time getting to do things, but she knew that basically in terms of romance, it was wasting her time. So she cut out before she became dead weight. Yeah. So she didn't get pulled into any drama. She had a good time making friends with him. And I think they might end up being good friends if they stay in touch. But she left way before she had to deal with, you know, fantasy suites or hometowns or all of the pressure that comes with being in the final four and the final three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's almost the ideal on a show like this. At least for me, if I were to go on a show like this, which I don't see happening anytime soon, mm-hmm. that I would want to go to make my friends, to do some traveling, have some fun, and then just peace out. Because I don't know that I would want to be in a relationship with someone who goes on a show like this as the contestant as the center of attention for 25 other people and the like the stated goal of the show is we're going to give you someone in the end who you're going to decide that you want to be with forever i think colton is kind of interesting in the fact that he kind of threw that back in the producer's faces at the end like his ending was not the normal ending which i appreciated yeah and i think that's what made this so 
so, such an interesting season uh, with Colton. Uh, yeah, just because, I mean, well, I guess, I don't want to say normally what happens on the show, because I guess for the past couple seasons, it's been totally different. Because on Ari season, that was that was also crazy where Ari, you know, changed his mind a couple months after filming ended uh, and right. went and, 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 and jumped from, uh, you know, Becca to Lauren. Uh, so it's, it's, I don't know, it, it's interesting just to see how these contestants or how, how like the different people handle, I guess, them being on the show. Some of them, I guess, like Colton, like realized like, oh, the person that I really like is leaving. I'll, I, I'm, I'm done. Let's just, let me chase after the one person that broke up with me, uh, which we'll, we'll get into a little bit more in, in a minute. I want to, I guess, build up to that a little bit more uh, before we get into Colton. But like, there's a whole bunch of, I don't know. I, I feel like normally how the show ends, it ends in like an, in, in an engagement. Uh, I will say the show didn't start that way. The first couple seasons, it was more unlikely that it ended in, 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 in an engagement. Why is that so hard to say? In an engagement. It's a lot of ease. It's true. It It is. But the show started more kind of like how Colton's ended where like they just ended up dating. That's just and then some of them like stayed together and worked and were great, and some of them just broke up because didn't work. And I guess more recently, there's been an influx in the pressure to get engaged. I feel like the pressure to get engaged is what has been messing up the show on two ends, mm-hmm. because on the one hand, it kind of presents an unrealistic expectation of what relationships are like, because I feel like people are more willing to bail if they don't feel ready for that engagement or, yeah. you know, are feel like they're forced to put forth this perfect couple, which means they're not working out any of their internal issues and getting to know each other properly because mm-hmm. they're both putting on that facade. But on the other hand, I feel like it's creating the kind of avenue that, that we saw have with Cassie and Colton. And I have mm-hmm. some some perspectives on Cassie. And I'm, I think, far more on her side. I don't feel like she was the one of the people that went on because she was desperate, whether for fame or for love. I feel like she went on to travel and liked him a little more than she was expecting to. But I feel like... She thought she had the easy out by not saying the right things. Like she never said that she loved him the way the other girls did. Mm-hmm. She was very much like a, I am not ready. She self-eliminated when it looked like he might keep her around. Like she was setting herself in every single way for him to say, you know what? I have some stronger connections with some other women. Maybe let me put a little bit more of my eggs in their baskets and see like where it goes. And yet, because Colton fell for her so hard, she got put in a terrible situation where everyone in America is watching this man beg her to date him. And there's no good way to respond to that. So when you say you're on her side, what do you what what do you see as the other side? I feel like in terms of this, I appreciate her leaving. And I think she made the right choice, especially looking at how Colton handled it. Mm hmm. So if you look at it in the way of public proposals, where sometimes you'll see guys doing these beautiful like public proposals in the middle of like, you know, 
a national soccer game or something like that with the signs and the love and everything else. And a lot of women feel pressured to say yes. And then in private, they turn it down because, you know, they're not at that point in the relationship or maybe they don't feel quite the same way. Or maybe they're looking for a reason to break up, whereas the guy's looking for a reason to make them stick around. Mm -hmm. And I feel like by responding the way he did, he put her in that situation of like, there was no way that she could turn him down once he broke up with Taisha and once he broke up with Hannah G without looking like the worst bitch in the world by how she probably knew ABC was going to edit her. So she's stuck in this terrible position as someone who realized like that he was more into her than she was with him and tried to do the graceful thing and back out. So do you think that they're gonna be over? I don't think they're going to last a really long time. I would give it probably six months to a year. And I could be wrong because outside of the pressure of the show and the traveling and the constant eyes on them, they might be able to sit down and like work out where they want their relationship to go. But at least from what we saw with Cassie in that final episode, she really didn't look happy. Like everything in her body language and how she was talking to his parents was very much like, rescue me. I'm trying to be everything that you don't want me to be. And yet somehow I'm still getting dragged in along this. And his parents recognized it very clearly. That's what I was going to say. That his parents also were like, it seemed like the only one who was really fighting for it at that point was Colton. Yeah. I mean, hands down. So I watched this with a friend of ours who's been on the podcast before Sarah And one thing that she and I noticed was the dress that Cassie wore to meet his parents. It had some side boob. It had very low cleavage. She didn't even try to bring a cardigan to cover up. She was wearing combat boots. Her hair was tangled, even though she was wearing makeup. And like, since she knows he comes from a very religious family and she's from a rather religious family herself, coming in from someone on that kind of like modest Catholicism, you should keep yourself for your husband, going in with your cleavage out on a kind of day that's cold enough that we see Colton wearing long sleeves and everyone else in his family wearing long sleeves and sweaters is very much a, let me present myself as the worst kind of person that you would want your son to be with. Like, let me show you with what I'm wearing and how I'm acting. Because when they asked her how she felt, she was very much like, oh, I don't know, lean forward, like dress slides up a little more up the thigh. Like that was in no way the kind of dress you would usually wear when meeting someone's parents, regardless of like what you usually dress like. You might be giving her a little bit too much credit. Uh, I think she- I mean, it- I I, I don't totally disagree with you. I think that, I, I get what you're trying to say, where she was trying to, I guess, get out of the situation. I don't know if she- actively like dressed in a way that i guess would make colton's family and colton like not like her um but i think i'm also a little bit of the mind in my opinion has changed on this throughout the season i think she's she was one of the girls that the people of the season were calling out for not being ready and in i guess the final seven the, the i guess the last group date of the season she went out and said like i am here for the right reasons i am here to find the person that i'm you know want to spend the rest of my life together and i wouldn't be here if i didn't think i wanted to spend the rest of my life with you colton and then two weeks later she was like never mind so i i get what you're saying but also part of me thinks that she might have been here to become famous this is not her first reality tv show she was on, mm-hmm. I guess, The Young Ones, which is, uh, I think it's like some uh, Christian reality show. 
Uh, I don't entirely know what the whole deal with that is. Haven't seen it. I probably should have done my research a little bit more about this, but. I did. I looked this up. I've been reading the backgrounds. So this was something filmed by her college. So she didn't necessarily sign up for it. She and her boyfriend were asked to be on it as staples of like what the Christian living experience was. And someone might reach Mm. out and correct me because this is what my interpretation is after reading things. Mm. But Young Ones was the kind of show where they wanted to prove that they could have a really party, crazy Viola experience without drinking or having premarital sex. It's the kind of thing of you think evangelical colleges are super religious and stuffy and stuck up. Well, look at our crew of people who found their perfect relationships and are living like the true life. And that's what it was meant for. But she didn't sign up for it herself. I might be wrong on this, so feel free to edit this and check me if I'm wrong. But I, I no believe idea. I she was asked enough, to be yeah. on it. Okay. That, so, and that... she's marked that in that relationship, which she even said herself on the show, that her partner was very controlling at the time. So mm-hmm. we don't know for certain if he signed them up for it and she didn't want to, like, go for it. But if she kind of, you know, learned something about herself and her relationship in this kind of reality show the last time, I could see her being like, all right, like this showed me a lot. Like I learned a lot. I had a good experience, even if my relationship is over. Maybe this kind of thing is good. Like this is a very Christian, like seems like he has a good job or had a good career kind of boy. If my parents are down for me trying this out, then Mm -hmm. maybe this might work for me. It's kind of worked before. It showed me what I wanted in a relationship and what I didn't want. It's also just worth pointing out, like she's only what, like 23 years old. She might've thought- Uh, during that last group date when she said she wants to spend the rest of her life with him maybe like she'd do that way at that moment and then mm-hmm. a few weeks later like, she they really they don't know the guy for that long like how long do they know colton like a few months at most yeah that she realized after getting to spend a little bit more time with him that she's like pretty young she's got a lot of her life in front of her and what she thought a few weeks ago isn't as accurate anymore and that kind of carried through with the rest of the show as well yeah, I, I mean, I think, I think it. You go ahead. Sorry, I was gonna say I think it's important for us to recognize, especially for Errol and me, these contestants. A lot of them are our age. Yeah, I mean, I I will say, I guess on the other end of the spectrum, I was just listening to the uh, uh, Ben and Ashley, I almost famous podcast. They had Hannah G on the show, who is also she's like a year older than us, um, a grade older than us. But she said, at least where she grew up, all of her friends are already all engaged. And or married and like have kids on the way so like she's towards the back of that crew so i think it's different cultures have different uh i guess perspectives coming into it i will say cassie from southern california i don't know is from like that same type of southern all your friends are jumping into it type of culture uh like like someone from alabama would be but i don't know I believe that Cassie is evangelical. At least she went to an evangelical college. And as someone who's grown up around a super evangelical community, I was homeschooled. So most of the people that I like did groups and stuff with were evangelical. There's a family that my mom like tutors for and so on, whose girls are actually about my age. One is Mm -hmm. my age, one is a year older. And they're considered old maids by the fact that they haven't been married. 
And it's this huge sticking point for their family that they aren't pregnant and they're not having kids yet and that they're not doing this in this way that they're supposed to. And they've been desperately sending them out on missions and so on, hoping they connect to the right kind of man with the right kind of faith. So if she's mm -hmm. from that kind of community, I could see her going like, oh, I'm 22. This is exactly like the kind of age when I should be getting married and having kids. But maybe I don't want to go on a mission trip. Maybe I don't like the kind of guys that I've seen there because mm -hmm. evangelical society tends to be very patriarchal and can stifle someone who's, you know, had the experience of going to college and having a bit more freedom than maybe the type of husband she'd be pushed into getting would be. So I could see her going for someone who seems very devout, but also someone who is less forceful. Because I know when people first went on to the show, they expected Colton to want a woman who would lead him. Sure. And what we found during the season, I feel like, is he desperately wants to lead a woman. And that's what Demi was even pointing out, that she yeah. thought he wanted to be led. So she took on that role. And when she realized he wanted to lead, that's when she kind of started to accept that maybe they weren't right for each other. And I wouldn't be surprised if Cassie went on the show expecting, you know, maybe she might be the one directing this relationship, especially if she came from a more controlling boyfriend, not even controlling in a bad way, just a more patriarchal, this is how you should act. These are the kinds of things you should do. And then finding out that Colton might be, you know, in that same boat was probably really devastating for her and might be why she pulled back so hard. If they mm -hmm. sat down and had a conversation where she realized the values that she wanted him to have and the values that she has don't quite match up, I could see that being part of the reason why she might have gone from, I definitely want to marry him to, oh, I'm not sure I'm ready. I'm not sure I'm okay with signing up for the things I would be required to sign up for. Mm -hmm. That's that's fair. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm still skeptical because my opinion has changed from she was there for the right, 100% the right reasons uh, to, I guess, pretty much since the finale, uh, they're more for the fame and all that stuff. The reason, and l let me back this up a little bit rather than just saying it, uh, I have, I mean, throughout the season... Uh, there was all these, I guess, people coming out and uh, claiming that you know she has said multiple things about how she wasn't, like how she wasn't ready, or how she wanted to be the Bachelorette, um, potentially more so than to be with Colton. Um, I don't know exactly what happened in the conversations. They should be recorded. That's a whole separate issue. Uh, so throughout the season, there was like a little bit of doubt in the back of my mind. I thought that was more Kaylin than it was. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cassie, uh, but has, I guess, tw at the very end, like in the last, you know, episode and even like after the final rose, even though she seemed very happy, I could just sense there was a little bit of like the same sort of fake smile that Kaylin had through a lot of her stuff with Colton that it, it just like, while she does look happy, it also looks like it's not a hundred percent like authentic she looks uncomfortable like it's not i don't know if i'm just reading too much into it but it's i feel like there there was there's enough stuff and the fact that she left colton and i think she was put in a position where it was like well i can't break up with him now or i'm gonna be you know just destroyed on the internet that she's gonna wait until i guess the next season of the bachelor and then quietly do it once people have stopped paying attention to her but I don't know. It's Oh yeah. I think 
Um, I think it's a little telling also that so much of the final episode was devoted to the next season of The Bachelorette and not unwrapping up this season of The Bachelor. Yeah. It was, like, it was, what, about, like, 40 minutes that were about Hannah? Yeah, I would say half of it was Hannah-centric. Yeah. Yeah. And you'd expect that we're getting the end stuff with Colton and finding out about their relationship now, how they're doing, all of that. But that didn't end up taking that much time. They're just ready to move on, move forward with the show and kind of leave Colton and Cassie behind. Yeah. I think it's very obvious that, you know, Cassie felt pressured to be with him. Whether it's because she wasn't ready to be with him either way or they realized that something wasn't going to work out. But hands down, I think that by the end of it, she knew that she was being put in a bad position. And you can see that with how they were relating to each other, even as they're talking about how happy they are. The fact that her recording a video saying that she loves him more than anybody else in the world, and that's the big declaration that everything is fine now. We don't see them have a conversation about that. We don't see any life steps that show that they're kind of like somehow now on the same page. It's all a big show. And I don't know how much of that is Colton really does love her, and she's just put in a bad situation of, you know, dating someone where she knows she might never be on the same page as them. Or he picked her because it would make great TV. Yeah, I don't think Colton would have picked her because it would have made great TV, but... I just can't keep Colton thinking about it that way. Yeah, I, I ended up leaving with not that great impression of him because he kind of reminded me of a lot of the controlling boyfriends that you see when they hit their, like, mid-20s and they decide what wife they want and they won't let the girl that they like not be that wife they want and i think that's kind of where they ran into is his perspectives of probably who cassie is going to be is not who cassie is and if he wanted someone who is moldable and shapeable in that way hannah g might have been the perfect person for him because she is a bit younger and because she was more willing to give up so much for him but instead there's a sense of cassie told him no and I feel like that push of I can make you want me yeah. does not build a healthy relationship. I wonder I, if it's been like these last few months where they are together, but no one's allowed to know about it. Like what that has been like for them. I wonder if they've been doing a lot more fighting just because now Cassie can say her real opinions without it being televised. Because, like, I feel like I would have liked Colton and felt better about their relationship if he let her fly home, if he'd broken up with Tasha and Hannah, they'd gone home without a proposal, and then we found out later that he'd gone to meet Cassie on her grounds and gave it in her hands. But about how making sure every conversation was with the cameraman in public, where, like, forcing her to go meet his family directly after her saying that she's not ready and needs some time, like, forcing her to fit into that bachelor mold that she was pushing off doesn't show her respect for her. And I feel like that's just going to bleed over into the rest of their relationship, even if he's otherwise a perfect boyfriend, because that's not going to be something she forgets. Not easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I will just say this. We have been talking uh, a lot of, I guess, negative things about Colton and Cassie, uh, at least for myself, and I assume this is the case for you guys too. I am hoping that their relationship works out. I am hoping that they live happily ever after. And they found their forever person, and they're happy. Uh, but with all that said, you know, it's a reality TV show, and it's fun to analyze it 
too much. So hope I don't know. Hopefully it works out, uh, but who knows? Uh, so yeah. I would uh, say I, I want them to be happy. I just worry mm-hmm. that they might not be. And this I think is said more from someone who's in the same like age range and is looking sure. at the choices they're making and going, "Hey, these choices seem worrying to me because these are not the choices I myself would be making at this age." So yeah. there's that perspective as well. And I feel like someone who's, you know, 30 looking back on it might have a completely different viewpoint of their relationship. And someone who's 18 is going to have a completely different viewpoint of their relationship. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, well, so uh, you mentioned that for half a second ago. Uh, you, you mentioned uh, Hannah G and the fact that Colton had to break up with uh, her and Tasha. Uh, what were you guys' thoughts of how Colton handled those two breakups? Um, I thought the one with Tasha went better. The reactions that she had. I yeah. think he got to that point more. And he, like, with Hannah, it was... I think he, like, he said something like, I never thought I'd be doing this, or, like, I thought it was going to be you. Yeah. Which, you know, the girl's still in love with you. And you're breaking up with her on national TV. Yeah, probably it's not up. the best time to be saying that. Yeah. And I think that's what made her so upset because he didn't understand where he was coming from, which is understandable given that he just said, Oh, I thought it was gonna be you until right now. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty Well, that was not great. I would not recommend people uh yeah. doing that to people they're breaking up with, letting them know because like I feel it kind of felt like he was leaving the door open a little bit, or he was trying to in case Cassie rejected him again. He was like, I thought it was going to be you. Turns out I was right. Can it be? It's, I don't know. It's just, it felt weird and a little bit manipulative. Um, and I get that it's a really hard thing for Colton, like going to do that in person with the camera there and all that. But, I don't know. It just it felt icky. Felt icky uh, how he handled it. Um, but I think the reason I have such a negative perspective of his future with Cassie and how he handled Cassie is because mm-hmm. I what I noticed was during both breakups he put the women in a, a situation where they were supposed to be comforting him, and it was something that even Chris Harrison said directly to Tasha during night one of the finale, yeah. like, "Oh, you were." you know, comforting Colton, you were being there for Colton. Yeah. And he put Hannah B in that same situation where he's crushing her dreams and her perspectives, but it has to be about him and how he's feeling. And that's not necessarily the sign of a guy who is ready to have that emotional maturity to be married. True. It's putting all of the onus and keeping the emotional side of the relationship on the woman. And that kind of leaves the door open for things like, oh, you know, the emotional labor of relationships in terms of like, even for the physical labor where women tend to, you know, be in charge of planning all the groceries and the meals and what chores need to be done and making the doctor's appointments, but the guys do the laundry. So it's fine. It's an equal distribution of chores. And I can see the way he handled that, like those two breakups kind of showing the perspective in which he's going into relationships with. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's kind of demonstrating that of the people who may or may not be ready to get married, I feel like Colton is not ready to be married. And that's why a lot of the women are reacting the way they are is with a different bachelor. They might've gone on and been a hundred percent ready to tie that knot and have those kids. 
but I yeah. think he kind of went in showing that he himself was not emotionally ready for marriage. Therefore, that would cause doubts in them. Well, he's also never been in a, like, a real relationship as an adult, has he? I'm like, he's he... been in, I think. I mean, I don't know how long or how, I guess, real of a relationship he was, but, like, he had a relatively public relationship with uh, USA gymnastics superstar Ali Raisman. Um, that was a thing that I think they were, I don't know how long they were together and I don't entirely know the details and the logistics. Six to eight months because I'm unsure how long it was a private relationship versus how long it went public for. It wasn't public for super long. Yeah. So I don't know. It's like, I'm sure he's like had some, I guess, experiences with some things or whatever, but. I don't know, he was, he, I, I mean, he definitely wasn't ready. And I, I think the ending actually kind of worked out best for him because he didn't have to get engaged. He ended up with a person that he loves the most. And hopefully, hopefully for him, uh, he he and Cassie can grow and mature together and get to a spot, you know, when they get to however old they'll be when they're ready to get engaged, like in a couple of years that they'll they'll feel confident and know what they're doing and they'll be ready for it which that's i think what we're all hoping for uh but or i don't know if we're all hoping for it i know there was a bunch of people uh online who like was begging for colton to get i guess get engaged at like the after the final rose or something like that but i don't think they're ready i don't think they're ready no they're not they're definitely not force them to do it and i i was almost expecting the show to like go that route and make them do it and i'm glad they were allowed to end it on their own terms where they are together but they're kind of free to make their own decisions if and if they do break up it's not going to seem as dramatic as ending an engagement would seem. true very true very yeah very i true. i think there's been a lot of pushback probably between them and the producers as well in terms of what things they're comfortable and ready to do because you got that sense with chris harrison where he wanted the big are you a virgin dramatic reveal and they wouldn't give it to him so i feel like regardless of how their relationship is going or goes i think they're both very done with reality tv and the amount of pressure that goes on contestants either way i would be surprised yeah I would be surprised to, you know, go through a similar show in the next year or two until they more know who they want to be and what they're willing to do. I could see Cassie being on Paradise in three years. Yeah, but I and feel that... like she needs the time. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. I mean, I think a year of a relationship, a year of being broken up, and then a year of being casted for Paradise. I think that's, that's I don't know if I'd bet on that because I don't want to bet on people's relationships not working out because that's not a very... Nice thing to do. Um, but I think there is a very real possibility of that happening. Uh, but Esther, you, you just mentioned this in, I guess, the after the final rose. Chris Harrison did bring up the question of Colton's virginity. While I think all of us, well, how did you guys feel about how they handled the very end of, I guess, Colton's virginity arc? Awful. Awful, awful, awful. Yeah. I mean, I have, since The Bachelorette, when it was first brought up as an issue that, like, needed to be resolved and needed to have lengthy conversations about it over and over and over, 
Mm -hmm. I've been uncomfortable with that since the very beginning. I didn't like how it was handled pretty much throughout the whole season. And I'm glad that Colton and Cassie had the final say in just like ending it the way they wanted to, where they're not giving anyone the satisfaction of a yes or a no. I think that is their final reaction to it, I think is the only thing I've liked about it in the almost year we've had of discussing Colton's virginity. Yeah. I mean, I, I would agree their, their answer to it was good. However, there is a large portion of the internet that like is still wants to know and is still asking the question, even though I think it's, I don't know if, if obvious is the right term, but like, I don't know. I, I've just seen a lot of, I don't know about a lot, but I, I've seen people talk about it in a way that was not the most, I guess, productive. Um, like, I don't know, I'm, tr- I'm trying to figure out the right way to put it uh, without, you know, calling out any other podcasts that might have not handled Voyeuristic. it as well. Voyeuristic. Sure. Sure. Yeah. It's, like, like, they wanted to know, like, like they realized that they probably shouldn't be that. I guess inquisitive about this guy's super intimate, you know, life. But they also was like, well, they've built it up so long. I need an answer to this question. Even though it's like, do you need an answer to the question? Do you even really need to ask the question as much as it did? I don't know. That's, that's, I guess, one of my problems I've been having with the coverage around, around this season. It's because although we or uh, the three of us, I guess, know what I mean, i'm not saying that we're we are right but this is hard speaking is hard um but it's just like we are like we're much more sympathetic to like the actual people involved versus some of the people that talk about the show is like oh these are characters they're not even giving them the the you know they're not like drawing the line and acknowledging that it's characters versus people they're not acknowledging that they're different versus us where we've you know multiple times throughout at least throughout this this episode we've we've talked about it a little bit uh they're just saying like oh these are just pure characters these are people that are there for our enjoyment let's you know get them to to talk about what we want them to talk about and i don't know i think if it was a fictionalized story Mm -hmm. if these were characters who were cast and every single thing was scripted Mm -hmm. then not having the answer to the question would be a disservice to fans who have put so long into watching and having this be like such a big story arc like not having a definite answer Mm -hmm. that would be the wrong way to go about it but when it is real people and this is a real relationship that's continuing after the show um with like with colton at least hoping that it's going to last forever then it's really up to him, him especially, but to a lesser extent, Cassie as well, to decide if they're going to talk about it or not. They decided not to talk about it, and that's their decision, and everyone should just respect that at the end. Yeah. Yes, I agree. I, I think it's something that honestly shouldn't have been a plot line either, because they did it for sensationality versus for it being something that they were really willing and able to discuss in its various forms on the TV. Because one of the things that I noticed is at a certain point in the show, Colton was very upfront when he says that he's a virgin. It means that he's done pretty much everything, as he put it. 
aside from probably penetrative vaginal sex. And we're just going to put that out there as he's implied he's done pretty much everything except that one specific act. And I feel like by trying to gloss it over and make it a bigger picture, they want to talk about an issue that they're not willing to talk about, which is what are people's different definitions of sex? What is considered a different How does sex actually factor into relationships? And I feel like if this was one where they went into the show being willing to have these very difficult conversations about what sex means to each of them, using like sexual language to do it, not just make jokes about it, then I think it wouldn't feel as bad because we would have felt like, oh, we understand like all of these different things. Like we're growing as an audience by learning about, you know, sex positivity in different ways. But instead, because ABC is you know, a family channel, as they like to put it, and because so much of their audience base, whether or not it's the whole audience base, is Christian middle-aged women, hmm. they wanted to touch on an issue that goes across generations and different gender boundaries without actually having a conversation about what that looks like, especially how heteronormative and cisgender that conversation and perspective of virginity is. And they weren't willing to have those conversations. So I don't feel like it was something they deserved to do as a storyline. I feel like even by the end of it, Colton was feeling malabused by it. Like he went into it going, oh, this is a trait that might be able to define me and make me unique the way it did Ashley and I. And then found that how they treated him afterwards and the type of circus they tried to make him into, regardless of his reasoning and the different things that went into it. It's not a positive or happy one. Yeah, I mean, I... I... Oh, you go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Okay, well, I think they also... There was an episode, I can't remember who the guest was, where um, it was a stand-up comedian. I cannot remember his name. Uh, name was it had... Nick Offerman and Megan Mullally? Was it that one? Uh, yeah. Billy... It wasn't them. Where, like, someone... Billy guess, like, sat down with Colton. Yes, Billy Eichner sat down with Colton, and it was just like five minutes of making jokes at his expense about his virginity. And even away from Colton, who I'm sure like felt horrible that like he has to endure another five minutes of this. Like, how do they think the audience feels, especially with the target audience that they have, where so many people watching are from these very religious backgrounds? A lot of them themselves are probably staying virgins till marriage even though that's not what colton was doing probably a lot of the audience is doing that and the show is just making a spectacle out of that decision and making it seem like this is a problem and by the end hopefully it will be over i i I just didn't like the way they went about it with colton the way that it must have felt to the audience also it just struck me very badly It's adding shame into the equation of regardless of whether you've had sex or you haven't had sex, no matter what decisions you're making around sex, you should feel ashamed of it. And that was what they tried to present to the audience. Like even for the girls that, you know, talked about that feeling of shame in their culture and around for their families for, you know, having lost their virginity. And even with Colton going like, hey, whatever choices you make, like it's your body, it's your choice, you should feel proud of it. Every five minutes, ABC themselves was going like, hey, no, you should feel ashamed if you are because then you're a slut. You should be ashamed if you're not because then you're not like this perspective of what we have of you. So we had a very sex-centric season without being positive about it. Yeah, I, so I, I mean, I'm coming from this from a different perspective. Uh, 
I, I agree, I guess, with the general sense of what both you guys said. It was not handled well this season. Conversations about being a virgin, they made it more of a spectacle than an actual thing. I don't know if talking about it in sexual terms, like you mentioned, Esther, is the right way to do it. I mean, speaking as someone who, you know, in their 20s who is a virgin, uh, not to get too therapeutic, that would have made me very uncomfortable. I think rather than, I guess, talking about the, like, the mental state and how you get to that and, like, it's okay to make whatever decision that you want to make rather than talking about, like, the actual definitions of virginity, like, ra- rather than going into the sex act itself, going into, you know, making it, making whatever decisions, I don't know, the, the let me try to figure out the right way to say this, but rather than focusing on the act itself, focus on, I guess, the mindset that Colton has going into it. Because I know it's completely different for every everyone in this position. They, they come from it from a different way. Some people because of their religion. Some people because they just haven't met the right person. Some people, you know, I, I don't know. There's a, just a whole bunch of different, I guess, aspects that play into it. And I think this, this season, while some of the humor probably was a little bit too much, I didn't mind all of it. I think a well-placed virginity joke, thumbs up, I'm on board. Like, I'm all for, I guess, self-deprecating humor, and I think Colton was down for that too. While he was on the show, I don't... It seemed like he didn't have a problem with any of it. He was fine with people, like, making jokes at his expense. You know, just like if I were on the show, I would be making jokes at my expense and hoping other people, you know, would too. Maybe not as much as they put the focus on it, the... They made it too much of a, I guess how they edited the beginning of the season, put a little bit too much pressure and focus and shame along with it. But I, 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 being able to joke about it, I think, or being able to joke about most things, at least for me, is a very important part of like coping and dealing with these, you know, unique situations that we find ourselves in. I think what struck me in terms of the language is the fact that you don't really see anyone saying sex. Like this is a show that's entirely focused around whether Colton has sex and what his virginity status is, but they're pretty much never using words to describe it. It's all, you know, either very flowery metaphors as Demi puts it, like what if he doesn't like vanilla cupcakes and I'm all confetti and things like that. And I felt like their inability to say in straight terms, like this is why sex means something to me without trying to talk major circles around it. I feel like kind of does it a disservice because I feel like there's a lot of young people out there that are trying to figure out how to put these kinds of things into words and watching it go around in circles. They're like, but then how do I have these conversations then? Yeah. I, well, I mean, I think part of it, and at least with some people and it, this might be the case for me. Some people just aren't able to like, it, it's harder for them to, I guess, vocalize what, they're thinking what they're talking about and while i think being able to talk about it open and freely is great for some people it makes them un- just the conversation itself makes them uncomfortable i think that's probably the case for me um where like being able to be open and talking about it sure great being able to say it like point blank, 
point uh, blank, if that's your thing, that's fine. But I feel like if I was on the show or in a similar situation as Colton, uh, I I think I would also be, you know, making metaphors and, you know, kind of being more playful around it just because that's not something that I'm necessarily comfortable talking about. And that might have not, maybe the show could have leaned into that more, but I don't think Colton was, like, I don't think he wanted to talk about sex in such an open way. I think that he might be a virgin to this point because that might make them, that, that might make him uncomfortable so he doesn't go that far. So I I don't know. It's Yeah, I think I more wanted the range. Like I didn't want it all to be about doing yeah, super yeah, sexualized yeah. language or things. Very I think fair. it was the fact that there was no conversations and I could be forgetting some or just have like skimmed and they, over. And they might have but just I feel like them out too. Yeah, I, I feel like there should have been some moment somewhere where one of the girls or someone in a conversation didn't even have to be with Colton where they went like, hi, yes, like not having sex is important. And like use the words like for me, having sex is important because it allows me to have this connection with my partner or it allows me to learn this thing about my partner. And I am worried for this exact reason because I'm worried that maybe he won't know how to have this. I feel like the fact that those kinds of things were cut out kind of demonstrates that sex is something that has to be super, super shady under the covers kind of thing and not a sense of like coming to it with your partner and going like, hey, like this is why this is important to me. This is how I put into words why being a virgin or not being a virgin is important. And I feel like we never had a singular moment of someone just straight out saying like, being a virgin is important to me because of X or, you know, not being a virgin or having my partner have some experience is important to me because of Y. And I just wanted that one moment where someone could sit down and be up front, even if it was just, you know, Demi saying like, I want someone who's experienced because then I feel like we can be equal partners. And that was all I wanted to hear someone say. And yet I don't think they did at any point. I feel like we got that in The Bachelorette, actually, in the episode where Colton tells Becca how he was a virgin. The first time that comes up, they did have a lengthy conversation about it where I like if I'm remembering correctly she needed to take a few minutes to think about it and then she mm-hmm. decided that like it was fun and that was the most mature conversation they had about it and that was before they used Colton's virginity as their selling point of the show and I think that's what bothered me is I've seen them have like a healthy conversation where they didn't have to go super in depth mm-hmm. but a way of saying like this is what I want from a partner yeah. Yeah. This is a straightforward perspective. And I feel like in a situation and a season where the entire thing about virginity, that they show that maturity on behalf of the editors or the producers or whoever was putting together like the episodes we saw kind of does a disservice both to Colton and the women on the show because it turns it into a spectacle and not something that you have an honest conversation about. Yeah. Yeah. That- that is fair. All right. Uh, well, that's, I think, enough virginity talk. Um, a very important discussion that I'm really happy we had. But let's move on to the end of the season and on to the beginning of the next season of The Bachelorette. Uh, they announced that Hannah B. is going to be our next uh, Bachelorette. What are your guys' thoughts about that? I think she, I think she was the first girls that we had. Because I think some of the more like, like you know, Becca-like, who's, you know, super self-focused, like knew what they wanted, level head kind of people this season, didn't really 
get as much camera time. So let's say if Kerpa was Bachelorette, like I'd be happy because I like Kerpa, but I don't really know her very well. And we want someone that we can root for who we're already somewhat invested in their journey. Because the thing for the Bachelorette is we don't really get to know who the contestant is, like the main person everyone's going for. We get to know the guys and we get to make the decision whether we think the guys are worthy. So I think we need someone whose background we have some sense of already. Because if they have to spend the first three episodes building up who the Bachelorette is, Mm-hmm. then I feel like we've lost something in the show. Sure. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, I, that might bring it a little bit back to the classic Bachelorette model where it's just a normal person rather than, mm-hmm. a, you know, a, the character that we've, you know, gotten to know over, I guess, this past season or whatever. Um, but yeah, Ariel, thoughts? Um. I enjoy The Bachelorette more than I enjoy The Bachelor. I just, I know that's an unpopular opinion, but mm-hmm. I think it's more fun just because you don't usually see guys in drama like situations like this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am excited for it. I also, because I missed so much of the season, I don't really know much about Hannah B right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will be getting to know her along with the show. Whereas with Colton, I already knew enough about him starting The Bachelor. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't thrilled that he was the choice just because I didn't think he was that interesting. So I'm like, I'm mostly just interested at this point to see where it's going to go. Yeah, I'm I'm very happy that Hannah B was the choice. She was the person that I wanted to see the most uh, as the Bachelorette just because she, I mean, her and Demi were my two favorite, I guess, cast members uh, of the show this season uh, just because... <laughs> They were both, I guess, a little insane, but in a good way. Uh, and I think having that little touch of insanity in The Bachelor will be a nice, I guess, change of pace. If they wanted to go with someone more like Becca last season, I think Tasha would have actually been a really good choice. They're, you know, s- similar in like where they are maturity-wise. They you know, are both they're, they both seem like ready for that next step, uh, or if to get a relationship that gets to that next step. Um, I think she would have been a great choice. However, I think because, you know, we just had a season like like Becca's and it was a perfectly great season, I think they wanted to maybe switch it up a little bit, try something something new with a little bit of different flavor, which I think uh, Hannah B is going to bring and it's going to be great. And a very what I've liked about What I've liked about Hannah B so far is just that she's one of the few people we've seen who kind of has her own opinions and lets them fly even if that doesn't necessarily match with like what they expect the bachelor candidates to be doing at the moment Mm -hmm. i think one of my favorites was all the candidates are supposed to be going and finding bugs and grubs and water and like doing that and Mm -hmm. she went out and got herself a burger because she'd just eaten a grub and that she was done for the day she did her thing she proved herself he lied to her she was just out of there and ready to get some real food and i appreciate that she was ready and willing to be like you know what i'm done for today you can't make me do any of more of this like bachelor crap i'm just gonna go do something a little crazy because i feel like it yeah. and i well, feel like it's that level of being human that she's shown that i feel like we don't get a lot of the contestants of. and part of it's just the editing well i mean i actually think that talking about that same exact scene the part where she ate the bug was the crazy part or that that was the interesting part because that's when she was like i'm gonna do whatever i can to 
you know, showed this guy. It's like, well, if he's going to do it with me, I'm going to do it. So she did it. And then Colton was the asshole that didn't eat the bug after she did, which that made me upset. Colton should have, if, if Hannah B did it, Colton should have gone, gone along with it too. But uh, yeah, I don't know. But then I think, I think the burgers was kind of like the producers, like, we're sorry. We, you weren't supposed to actually eat a bug uh, as a reward. You can get some burgers. Enjoy. I, I appreciate that Hannah B like went with whatever the thing was. Cause one oh, of the yeah. things that I hate is when contestants, you know, go to a foreign country, especially an Asian country. And then they spend their entire time going, Oh, this is so gross. Why are people like this? Why are you forcing us to eat bugs? And the fact that the producers will find mm-hmm. the weirdest possible ethnic food that probably the majority of people don't eat on a day-to-day basis and force the contestants to do it, to have that weird exotic ick factor added yeah. in and i appreciate the contestants like hannah b who kind of just went all right are we eating eyeballs i guess we're gonna eat eyeballs i'm gonna experience this culture because i'm here and this is what we're yeah. here to do and like did it quietly in like if she was told she was supposed yeah. to eat bugs she was just gonna do it and not complain about it yeah, and i think in comparison with colton who i think still use a little bit of pepper on his food as spicy uh, like he feels like the type of guy that uh, is very set in like his American food, you know, ways. Like he'll he'll eat sushi, but like his favorite roll is like the Philadelphia roll with cream cheese, like that type of thing. <laughs> that type of I feel like that's the kind of I guess eater that Colton is. So when Colton is was exposed to really anything foreign or new, he his reaction was not that great and i think the show just took those in i guess i don't know if interesting is the right moment but like he had a bigger reaction to that stuff and the bigger reaction is usually what makes the cut into the show yeah and like that's okay that that is that he is happy with whatever his life is and yeah food choices all of that stuff he's happy where he's comfortable that's fine but it will be entertaining to have someone leading the show who's comfortable with jumping into the unknown yeah not that foods are so unknown and crazy but But yeah yeah i feel like hannah b is kind of getting i don't a bad rep isn't the right word but people are kind of kind of yeah right now yeah well as in like i feel like hannah b everyone's projecting her as you know the crazy one insane and those are words even that like you were just using for errol and i feel like She's actually pretty ordinary. Like what she's shown maybe is like a higher level anxiety than some of the other contestants do. But honestly, I've been there. I feel like a lot of people yeah. in America have been in the same situation she has. Yeah, and then let, let me. I can't remember though when there was when they announced a new Bachelor or Bachelorette. Mm-hmm. people have been like yes i love this decision like just in the few years that i've been following it every mm-hmm. single time people have been furious about it and said this is i've always watched this show this is the year i'm gonna stop and it's all because mm-hmm. of this contestant being the new lead yeah. so once it starts i'm sure she'll be fine i mean she, she's gonna be great and let me i guess defend me calling her crazy uh because one, I don't think crazy is a bad thing at all. Second, I think crazy is a normal thing. If you're not a little crazy, you're probably that that's that's less normal than if you know. So I, I think me saying that she's a little bit crazy, I think like makes her more relatable because everyone 
you know, most normal people are a little bit crazy. Most people, I don't know if they, you know, eat the bug, but they do something else stupid. And I think it just, she's going to make for good TV because that's, because she feels like a real person. And I think my only, my only problem with Hannah B as the bachelorette and i realized this at the end of the episode when they started introducing the new guys is i liked her so much as a contestant on the show i started feeling a little bit defensive when they were bringing out the new guys that were doing things that were very uncomfortable i started i was like wait no don't do that she she deserves better than this and i thought at least for the five guys that they introduced like oh she deserves better than all of these guys um and that's something that i haven't really had that feeling like i i like colton he was fine uh, I like Becca. I like, you know, most of the people that they chose, but this is the first person that I have, like, I've had an emotional, a, a somewhat emotional attachment to as, as a cast member, uh, or as, I guess, I, the, the star of the show, so. I agree. I feel like what we've seen of her show is that she's an incredibly sweet person who occasionally gets a little bit too much into her head, but so does everyone at one point of the show or another. And I'm mostly worried that she's just going to be like absolutely like overwhelmed by the number of new people that are going to come in, especially since we've seen that not all of the candidates are the most, you know, non-misogynistic people that we can find. Yeah. And I a little bit worry about the produce, producers just kind of tossing her into the lion's den in the hopes it'll make good TV. So I'm not worried about her being the Bachelorette. I'm more worried about how the producers handle her being the Bachelorette. Yeah. Do you think the five that we were introduced to are going to stick around for a while? Because the public already knows who they are. The show will want to keep them around. I liked Tallboy. I can't remember what his name is, but I remember him being really, really tall in the stool. And I honestly Connor. liked that. Yeah, Connor. I think mm. he had the best intro of all of them because as, as silly and as like weird as it was, like the way in which he like helped her up, made sure she could stand, but didn't like use it as an excuse to try to touch her anywhere other than her hands and let her guide their physical interaction. And it was a very cute moment of like, hey, I look like I'm six foot something, so it's going to be a little weird. And the type of things that he was saying, like, I hope we see eye to eye was a very like positive genuine interaction and honestly i liked him more than so far the other people who have come across because his gimmick was a kind of like cute i want to get to know you gimmick versus someone who's trying to this is who i am in this moment accept all of me and my weirdness yeah also i just was not a fan of the i don't even remember his name i think um sarah and i were calling him douche guy the guy who made like the down under joke Oh, yeah. Uh, that is Luke S., who uh, looks very similar to a uh, previous bachelor, Nick, Nick Bial. Um, but, yeah, no, Luke S., douche guy, I think is a good name. Um, that's, I mean, like, people were saying throughout this entire season, like, what, or th- I guess throughout Colton seasons, like, well, if you did this, like, had these jokes about a female contestant, that would be too far. That would cross a line. And Luke decided to test that out. And I think it 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 did cross line. It also crossed the line with Colton. It just didn't come across as much. But with Lucas, it just it made me just severely uncomfortable. Um, yeah. And I, I think I, it depended on the type of person because I feel like maybe if it was Sydney because she's the type of person that will make those kinds of jokes, it would jive because they could have that humor moment. 
Whereas cool. Hannah in that moment looked super overwhelmed. So it's automatically going to set off everyone's protective, like, senses. Yeah. yeah. I also did not like Cam. He was the one that got the rose uh, and did the rap. I mm-hmm. am very much against people who can't rap trying to rap as a way to get attention. Which, I mean, so- sorry, Hannah G. Just please, please stop rapping. <laughs> Just like, just stop. Also, YouTube cam, no more, no more rapping. It just like I literally like I was watching. I got up from my chair and walked like ten feet like further from the TV, like just yelling no at the TV screen because I just oh that was bad. It's bad. It's real bad. Um, yeah. I don't know. Other than that, I mean, the first guy, Luke. I don't know. He was fine. Uh, the second guy, Dustin. He seemed a little bit old. Like he looked like he was starting to get some yeah. gray hairs already, and that made me a little bit uncomfortable. Um, same a little bit for Cam uh mm-hmm. as well. But I don't know, Connor seemed nice, but a little bit of the I don't know. It it seems like he's the type of guy that would have been a little bit of a douche in high school. Um He's very young. Yeah, very young, but you know, whatever. Uh yeah. She's Ariel Yeah. Uh, any thoughts about uh, about I guess the five that we've met. I'm trying to find a picture of them so I can remember which one like said what, and I cannot anywhere. Uh, um, hold on one second because I can be helpful and also vamp while I send this over to you and check out GroupMe because there's an article with their faces that you can check out. Um, we'll also include this article in the link below uh, if you want to just know who we're talking about so yeah and i think cosmo also released pictures of the first 30 possibilities none of them have been officially like announced as cast yet well the the bachelor has that was straight from the bachelor yeah so those have been released and one of the things that sarah and i noticed when looking through everything was most of them seem much older than she is there's a lot of 30 year olds there's a lot of 30 year olds and like guys who are in their late 20s she's 24 So yeah. there are only a couple that are her age, and I think Connor might be on, be the only one who's younger. Yeah, yeah. So Ariel, what, what were your thoughts uh, about these um, five? Now that you can see them, looking at it now. Um. Yeah, Cam is really tall. Yeah. Didn't, didn't realize that. Um. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I kind of want to wait and see because I feel like the first few introductions that they have, they're just trying, like, these five that were already introduced, like, their moment in the spotlight starts right now and they were making the most of it the other night. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, and that also goes to the one who made mm-hmm. the down under comment. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I want to judge them already because I feel like they were just trying to grab attention as quick as possible. That's fair. That is fair. Um, no. And once you have all of them, to then rank them once we have, like, all 30. So I'm just waiting for that. And I yeah. do have to say, like, Lincoln last year came off amazingly well. Yeah, that. And then on the actual show, I wanted to punch him every time he showed up. Yeah. yeah. And then also, um, in the other way, I thought Blake was weird and like probably a little bit too handsy with Becca and then turned out to be one of the most likable guys on the show. 
Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, I will also say this, uh, you know, right before we, we wrap up, uh, they did release the 30 pictures. Um, and I guess tying this back into Lincoln, who, not a good guy, uh, they've already found one of the contestants has not the greatest past. Um, I forget the guy's name. Uh, and I don't think he's going to be on the show because it was already exposed. But one of the guys uh, has, I guess, kind of like Leo, has been like aggressively DMing people, like when mm-hmm. people like have turned them down and are ignoring them, and he's like just being insistent and just keep coming back and like being mean. And he's he's one of those guys uh, that like won't take no for an answer, uh, which I guess it's better that it's happening over DM than in person, but. Still, it, you know, there's already one guy that's that's being brought down, and I think that's. I also think it's a good good thing that they released this stuff early because now they can take people out before, you know, people start learning what happened to them, or people learn what happens to them so they can take them out before they start filming. Yeah, I think so. we can actually take them out um, because. For last season, the amount of people that had bad records that were revealed during the show and after the show yeah. makes you question their like audition process, their vetting process a little bit. So I hope that yeah. they improve that for the especially bachelorette. for the Bachelorette. Yeah, yeah, and I think like the reason why they released all of this stuff is because they wanted to, I guess, get in front of it uh, this time, which. You know, different than I guess what's happened before, but uh, we try to. Well, yeah, it, it's like they, you know, they found this one guy. Hopefully, there's no one else bad. Hopefully, their vetting process has gotten better. But if the public can pick him out before the show does, and also it, it turns out like guys are more creeps. There's like a lot, a lot of creepy guys that aren't good, and some of them end up on reality TV shows. So. I think it's also a moment of bias as well, is people assume that, you know, men can take better care of themselves even if they meet a really creepy and abusive woman because they're bigger. And that's a societal bias we have. That's even a bias that I'll totally admit that I need to remind myself of because I end up more worried about the bachelorette candidates than I do the bachelor candidates. But I do want to point out as much as I love Demi, if a guy had done that with the mannequin hand and like drifting down like a woman's body with the stop it would have broken the internet and everyone would have been insanely angry. So I feel like across the board, The Bachelor needs to be better at, you know, figuring out what lines should be drawn for contestants to protect them and for The Bachelor and Bachelorette to be protected across the board. Yeah. I agree. All right. Well, uh, now I think we've exhausted all of our Bachelor talking points. Thank you so much, Ariella and Esther, for joining me on this podcast. It was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. Uh, so to all of you listeners out there, thank you so much for listening. Uh, be sure to, uh, you know, subscribe, download, listen on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. I've done this enough times. I should be able to get it right. iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Uh, you know, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, Cot Podcasting, send us an email, cottpodcasting at gmail.com. You could also fill out uh, our form, uh, which will be in the description. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, and we will hopefully get a mail bo- a mailbag episode at some point. So do that. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. So thank you guys for listening. Do all the things I just said. Oh, leave a review. That's always fun. 
Uh, yeah, and thank you so much, uh, you guys, Ariel and Esther, for coming on. Thank Thanks. you. Bye.